0: Big Finish
1: for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. Release date the 13th of March,
2: 2022. Hello? You there? Hello? Oh, hello? What the devil are you doing in my garden? If you're from that blasted power station. Me? No, not at all. And who are you? I'm the doctor. I didn't call for a doctor. There's nothing wrong with me.
3: Well, I can see that. <gasps>
1: I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs And here you are again On the brink of another week of big finish audio drama loveliness
0: Oh, In a moment, Benji and I will be presenting a clip of actor Stephen Noonan Chatting about how he approached the momentous task of portraying the first Doctor As originally played
1: by the late, great William Hartnell What's a bridge for, eh? Following that, the good review guide This week, Jago and Lightfoot Series 14 audiobook Oh!
4: Good evening, ladies
0: and gentlemen. Then we're off behind the scenes with the latest fourth Doctor Adventures, where Tom Baker is... Ah, yes. ...solo... On his lonesome, on a moon of the Time Lord planet Gallifrey, up to his elbows in
1: trouble. Now, why am I not surprised?
3: Hello! Oh, hello. Pleased to meet you. I'm the... You can't pop! Pu-
1: yeah. Following that, uh, activating the deepest centres of your consciousness, it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Right. And I will be making a splash with Big Finish listener niceness. Niceness? Yes. Nice. Very nice. And
0: also, for Hitler available- Segment We stick with the fourth Doctor solo theme investigating a haunted coastal town in
1: the Ravencliff Witch.
2: And I remember her eyes, they were as black as the night.
1: Then the Randomoid selectron will, as sure as eggs is eggs, Uh be disgorging the marvelous treat of a 25% discount on a, a randomly selected. Big finish release. All units converge and neutralise
0: target. So we round things off with the tantalising 15-minute drama tease from the Fourth Doctor Adventures, The Ravencliff Witch, guest starring the rather wonderful Nerys Hughes.
3: And you are Margaret
0: Hopwood. The, the Margaret Hopwood. Yes. <laughs> And next month sees the launch of our brand new first Doctor range. We've been tantalising you with trailers. I've been talking about actor Stephen Noonan's approach to the role. But here's the man himself chatting about his approach.
5: I'm Stephen Noonan and I've been playing the first Doctor in uh, The Outlaws. I first remember encountering William Hartnell as a very little child watching The Three Doctors. In uh, 1973, and then that first clip of the Hartle doctor talking to the two doctors was, was shown many, many times on Blue Peter, and so one became very familiar with that scene, and I used to uh, do impressions of him <laughs> as a child in the playground doing those famous lines, the dandy and a clown. And uh, what's a bridge for, eh? Et cetera um, And um, then of course uh, When An Unearthly Child was repeated When I was um, in my early very I wasn't quite a teenager I recorded it on a cassette And listened to it And I used to, there were lines I, I, uh, I can still remember a lot of that, that script So that was sort of preparation long before this Then this came along and, of course, I, I had a wonderful opportunity to luxuriate in all the Hartnell material, watch the, watch the stories over and over again, listen to the missing stories that I'd never got round to before, and um, just try to very, very precisely get as close to his voice as possible. It's an interesting undertaking, because most impressions that people do have an element of parody or satire in them. Here, you want to try and sound as much like the person without taking the mickey out of them. (laughs) So there was obviously listening to the the stories, the episodes that he was the doctor in, but also watching as many films that he'd been in as I could get my hands on and becoming aware of what a wonderfully versatile actor he was because he's known for this and he's known for the sergeant characters, but he had a wonderful range of of extraordinary character parts in other films, how versatile his voice was, and realising, listening to the only two existing interviews with him, the one on the Desert Island Discs and one backstage when he was playing the fairy cobbler in uh, the pantomime he was doing, that this voice that he does for the Doctor is um, a long way from his, you listen to the Desert Island Discs and it's difficult to believe it's the same Person. So he created this voice, and a friend of mine who knows a lot about old actors, actors long gone, uh, pointed out that Hartnell's first start in the business was working for Sir Frank Benson, an actor manager of the Edwardian age. Hartnell worked for him in the twenties when he was in his in his um, twilight, really. Sir Frank Benson, and this friend of mine lent me a CD of. Shakespeare speeches performed by Sir Frank Benson, and I made the realisation that Hartnell had borrowed this, this Edwardian actor-manager voice and incorporated it into into the characterization. So it was fascinating to hear where a lot of the inflections and the theatricality, if you like, of, of Hartnell's Doctor performance came from.
0: Once again, just time to check in on Benji to find out his latest weird and wonderful sound effect uh, or perhaps a favourite sound effect from Doctor Who that you remember. Um, I know you've been very busy with Stranded and a lot of his top secrets, so maybe you can't tell us about that. But have you got a favourite sound effect from?
1: Do you know what? I, I can tell you one thing. Is that I've been going down memory lane when it comes oh, to the sound effects. I've been reliving lovely. a few things, um, and that's that's been thoroughly enjoyable. Can't say any more than that. As a favourite sound effects, <laughs> I tell you what I will say, and we talked about this, Nick, the other day in yes. in voice clips. Um, something that I found very funny is that in Genesis of the Daleks, mm. when Davros is uh, the first time we see the Dalek machine and the first time we see Davros, and the Dalek shoots the. Uh, yes. The the uh, figures of the soldiers, targets. It makes a sound effect noise. It's going to. The... the whoosh is the big explosion on yeah. the target, but it kind of goes. Whoosh. Anyway, Davros then turns to Nyder and does his thing. He goes, yes, perfect. It's Garman. It's Garman. It's it Gar Garman perfect yes the weaponry is perfect yeah um but it can't have been perfect because because you never hear that sound ever again the dalek no. the dalek gun is completely different from that moment onwards so actually it wasn't perfect davros so i don't know what you're playing at telling everybody it is quite frankly. well it's
0: typical of people in charge though always say yeah that's absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant could you just change it all though
1: you know, that's changed the whole thing.
0: Well, it's because yeah, I think it's he, Philip Hinchcliffe heard that on episode one and said, "That's a bit of a naff effect, isn't it?" Clay? I like it.
1: I like it, but it wouldn't I prefer the <laughs> noise. <laughs> I would have combined them both. That's what I would What'd have done. <laughs> that's what I would have done. And it was it a
0: thicker of... beam, wasn't it? It was a thicker, bluer beam. Whereas it's more sort of transparent and wider. When they, well, yeah, later they I, had to exterminate more people, didn't they?
1: For a long amount of time, as well. You know, you how it, I suppose with that sort of whoosh, 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 whoosh. it would take all day to exterminate all those scientists. Give it a ray gun and an inverted color effect, and bam, everybody dies in a grisly way. Yeah, do you think that the exterminations in Genesis of the Daleks are the longest
0: in duration exterminations in Doctor Who history? Um,
1: that. Coupled with perhaps the first story as well, or uh, two, because remember in the first one, uh, or it might have been in Invasion Earth, they go into slow motion, don't they? Do they? I'm pretty sure. I've, I was pretty sure. They I couldn't remember. do slow motion. I'm pretty days. sure I remember. I kind of. Ah! I suppose it wasn't slow motion, but I seem to remember they something. They just did it a, slowly. Why do I remember like a gun falling in... No, that's right. That, it was in um, Day of the Daleks where they have ah. that. That goes in slow motion, doesn't it, with the soldier when he gets hit and the gun flies around. Yes. So but, but I think the first story... Is incredibly, they're very slow deaths and quite long. That's true, and a
0: couple of times people get the full negative effect and shot, and then afterwards they get up and still attack a Dalek. Yeah, sort of
1: stagger up. I'd say the most horrible death, actually, and one that people don't often think about, is in um, Dalek Invasion of Earth, when the guy, do you know the guy in the manhole, and they kill him, and he has that horrible graphic death where he kind of dies in the manhole?
0: I and can't he gives that a really that. horrible,
1: yeah, as a horrible scream as well. Gosh, um, I
0: remember the, you know, the death by the saucer where the guy can't get away and the Daleks just keep closing in on him very that's slowly, horrible. and then they go,
6: "Kill him!"
0: <laughs> and you
1: get that <laughs> wonderful effect. Um, You're looking
0: for your little air jet, aren't you?
1: I haven't got it here. I wish I did. <laughs> that's good enough. I can't,
0: you know, I can't um, spray deodorant on in the morning without saying,
1: "You will be annihilated." <laughs> <laughs> I love that effect because I think it actually does sound really quite nasty, especially with when people give out a real blood curdling scream. Um, it's very simple, isn't it? I prefer that one that did that was later adapted to be the Auton
0: gun that. <laughs> Oh, that's you know, great. Yeah, yeah, that is that is but brilliant. They use that a lot. I think they use it in the chase, but they certainly use it in the Daleks' master plan, don't they?
1: Definitely, definitely. But um,
0: intermixed, they also use the... You know, effect as well.
1: There are lots of inconsistencies, inconsistencies aren't there, really, with, with Daleks in general and Dalek sounds and stuff like that.
0: Well, it's so true. It, the Dalek control room noise gets used in Galaxy 4 <laughs> for for the chumblies, you know... Control room. I'm
1: sure I've heard the TARDIS computers used elsewhere before as well, in different. uh, And even the Dalek computers as well. You know, the computers that they have in the first story was kind of those, not the dun dun, but the other noises. I'm sure, yeah, you hear it all over. But then you're going to, because nobody. I think the difference is nobody, not that nobody cared, but it wasn't established. Like, it didn't matter. It didn't matter in the same way that now it does.
0: Yes, that classic. Dalek city door noise in it, there's a pertwee story when it's used as the TARDIS door noise isn't there?
1: Yes, yes it, it is. It. And it I heard is. it
0: in something else the other day as well. Oh, it was in the Space Pirates for the airlock door.
1: Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah how I tell you something I've I've found really interesting lately is um I've got a, a sound effects uh library set um which is called let me find the, the full title of it. Hold on.
6: Benji's sound Benji
1: Sound Effect. Benji Sound Effect two thousand. <laughs> um it's so uh, the library itself is the General Six thousand combo. It was made in the General
7: Six Thousand? It was made
1: in the nineties. But the funniest thing is it has loads of new new Doctor Who sound effects in there that are really interesting. So I thought for a while that the TARDIS you know like that the, the the You know like the TARDIS yeah. Doors sound. Yeah. yeah. I because there was an episode of Doctor Who con Confidential, where they're seen recording the tardis and recording doors and stuff. Actually, it's stock. It's in there. It's I've it's it's just the stock sound. Um, the sounds of like the vortex. Loads of elements of that are from that stock. Wow. Loads loads of stuff from new doctor who that is associated heavily with doctor who is actually all stock, which is really interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, and like the Dalek movements, like the, you know the Dalek. <laughs> yes, that's all stock. It's all just stock sounds, pretty much from that library. Um, Mm -hmm. It's probably boring a lot of people. But it's interesting how Mm -hmm. things get used and reused, but also interesting how things get associated with things. Like that that door sound is is the TARDIS door. And anybody that watches Doctor Who and hears it anywhere else is going to think that's from Doctor Who. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my my tale. But I could talk about this for years and probably already have. Well, Um, I think that was a very interesting trip down sound effects lane. Somebody will enjoy it. (laughs) Time now for the good review guide Finding the latest positive comments About Big Finish Productions To help recommend them for you As
0: promised this week We're looking at Jago and Lightfoot Series 14, the audiobook From Big Finish Productions Jago and Lightfoot Series 14, audiobook
4: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this evening's recitations. It is my great privilege to introduce to you a terrifying tale in four acts, performed for your entertainment by four familiar faces. To those of you who have graced our theatre before, you'll be dazzled and delighted by our run-in with the red hand, by the curious case of the confused constable, by an adventure aboard an airship full of aristocrats, and by a festive finale that took place in this very theatre. So make sure you are sitting comfortably and prepare yourselves for a previously unknown tale of those infernal investigators, Jago and Lightfoot.
1: Big Finish We love stories. Just go to BigFinish.com and type Jago and Lightfoot Series 14 audiobook into the search pane at the top to get a grip of this infernal adventure. Uh, First up, uh, we've got IndieMacUser.co.uk, Jacob Licklider here. The narrators are all brilliant, of course. Jamie Newell is perhaps the standout, showing just how much of a versatile actor he is, as he is not confined by the character of Aubrey. Duncan Wisby has the story with the policeman as the main character and is told in the first person, which makes for an interesting casting of essentially the character as it is almost presented as a piece of someone's memoirs. But of course it's Lisa Bowman with her ever perfect narration getting right into the heads of the characters. And Christopher Benjamin giving one last hurrah as Henry Gordon Jago Uh in the aforementioned pantomime episode. It's set right in the new Regency theatre, giving the character his all and giving us all one final goodbye. it is something that newcomers really shouldn't use as an introduction as this is something for the fans and as such it will not be receiving a score <laughs> just give it a listen when you're ready to say goodbye for the last time Aww.
0: not giving it a score well i'm going to give you a thank you uh, jacob licklider This just... benji it won't stop my synthesizer marks <laughs> won't stop Quickly, throw it out
1: the airlock. It's the space gone. And into the blackness of space
0: it goes. And in the Twitter Witter Zone, um, Justin B. Quinnick says uh, the first 13 series of Big Finish, Jago and Lightfoot helped me get through 2020's lockdown. So, thusly, Series 14 is a treat, bringing comforting vibes that fans of the range will adore. Jago and Lightfoot's romps are right at home in the audiobook format. An appropriate, ingenious approach. Um, I give that a, a numerical mark, which is 10 out of 10, Justin, because, because you know, it was a nice review. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: let's see what popular Chien has to say. Uh, Ploppy, Ploppy Le, le
7: Chien, hello. Bonjour. Bonjour.
1: Four tremendous tales, uh, perfectly written and performed, directed with aplomb by uh, <laughs> Lisa Bauman. Richard Fox's sound design it says Ricard Fox's sound design. Ricard Fox. <laughs> and music completes this hugely welcome, if bittersweet, addition to this most magnificent range. Bravo! Big
0: finish. It's interesting that you imagine uh, Lisa being interviewed about directing. You know, how do you go about directing? She said, "Well, I use." A plum. Here it is. It's quite a nice plum. It's um, <laughs> quite juicy. Um, anyway, folks, that's it for the reviews this week. Just short and sweet. Next time, we'll be talking
1: about the box of delight. Still to come on the podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast. I'm going to do that again because I sounded weird when I said listeners. I went, listeners' emails. Join the club. It a sort of... Just a sort of... Sort of, thing. you know, couldn't do it, really. <sighs> Still to come on the podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com and our also available segment featuring Mm. the fourth Doctor Adventures, Mm -hmm. The Ravencliffe Witch.
0: Mm. But first, let us delve behind the scenes with the first adventure in the fourth Doctor solo box set, Blood of the Time Lords. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs and I'm directing The Blood of the Time Lords.
4: I say, you
3: can't park there! Hello. Oh, hello. Pleased to meet you. I'm the... You can't park here. You're in the library. You're blocking access to the entire psychotemporal engineering section. I'm so awfully sorry. I wouldn't... Well, you'll have to move it.
0: This script is very refreshing from the point of view that it's... Um, it's from a writer I've never worked with before, Tim. And it has a, a completely different approach, actually. It has a real richness of language. It's a really genuine and beautifully crafted representation of part of a society that we think we know about as Doctor Who fans, the Time Lords, but this is a, an even more sort of ancient and hidden part of it, the, uh, the recusory
3: on the moon of Gallifrey. This is a refuge, a place of reflection and acceptance. Who would want to dispose of Time Lords who are already so close to death? Well, what he does is, is...
0: He does that thing that Robert Holmes did, where he perfectly crafts very detailed tips of icebergs that hint at even more masses of detail below. Uh, it's beautifully done, and uh, there's so much love for Doctor Who in it, so much knowledge of Doctor Who in it, and and great characters.
8: My name is James Lavin, and I'm playing the Honourable Ailgun and Cohort One.
5: Um, my name is Christopher Naylor, and I'm playing the Honourable Lorik and Cohort 2.
7: No! Don't point that thing at me! I think you're dying very well, Honourable <gasps> Ailgen. if a little slowly.
8: Oh, who are
4: you? Shall we cut to the chase? <laughs> <laughs>
5: It feels like classic, classic Hoo, Oh, it, me. D- it is, yeah. That lovely library setting. Mm. You can imagine it got all those wonderful books and wood. Mm. And, yeah, wonderful Gallifrey and library.
8: Mm. And the library being all wrong and the gravity mm. going, and that's yeah. quite exciting. Very isn't mysterious, it? isn't it? Yeah.
5: Yeah, it's really exciting stuff.
8: Provost, how many copies? One
7: for the High Council, one for the Keeper of the Matrix, one for the Librarian, and one for me. Four copies.
3: Take up your
8: quills.
7: We, we are, are ready.
8: ready. What we were told to be toneless. <laughs> toneless, yes. F- quiet <laughs> and toneless. Quiet and toneless. So that's what we're doing. I thought it was going to be whispering like this. Mm, because mysterious. my exciting text from David Richardson was uh, you're, you're going to be a whispering alien so I was oh, quite excited you've been by that. prepping your I know, terrifying whisperingness but, but no so Nick just said no just be dull
5: Yeah, so we've drained all character <laughs> all interest and highlight from our performance. which
8: is quite easy wasn't yeah, it it's in the end risk?
3: <laughs> would either of you
8: two fine
3: fellows be interested in some intelligent conversation we exist to serve. Oh, I'm fully aware of that. But how about bypassing a little of that programming and chatting about my troubles? I'm in a spot of bother, you see.
8: We are to detain you here.
5: That is our current service. <laughs> Lots of unison talking as well. Yeah. So we had to time ourselves very carefully.
8: Um, and we did, I thought we did, we, we got into that Might quite easily, good, didn't we? we? Yeah. yeah. Without yeah. even touching. Yeah. Or even
5: looking at each other. Yeah. No subtle squeezes, Nothing.
8: Nothing. We couldn't see each other.
5: No, we're just attuned.
8: My name's Emma Oakes, and I play Eleonora. I've always loved this part of the library, though I rarely see it. These huge carved wooden bolts, the uh, cloisters on either side, the slanted ladders reaching to the uppermost shelves. Do you notice these things?
7: I notice the darkness which might cause you to trip.
8: Yes, but I me I
7: noticed the
4: candles, which ought to be
8: lit. Always on duty, aren't you, Cohort? I describe her as intelligent and witty, hopefully, conscientious uh, and an equal, which was nice. Something I haven't mentioned, something unsettling.
3: Oh, good. I like to hear unsettling things in almost complete darkness, do tell.
8: When I told the cohort that I was hearing noises, he suggested it might be the Mandelbrot. Ah,
3: the fabled Mandelbrot, guardian of forbidden texts? Half hominid, half bad, sizable fellow drinks blood. By the gallon. Yes, it doesn't strike me that cohorts have much in the imagination department.
8: When actually my agent told me about it, she was like, all your scenes are with Tom Baker. <laughs> she sold it to me like that she's like you all your scenes are with tom baker and your new time lord and i was like oh, they've gone for a female doctor who and she's like no <laughs> you're not the time lord you're a time lord
1: <laughs> just go to bigfinish.com and go. type solo into the search pane to locate this rather special fourth doctor box set
0: oh it is special it is special. I, can vouch that. I mean i'm biased i directed them Uh, It feels like I directed them when I was still wearing short trousers. It was so long ago. (laughs) I don't mean in the summer. I mean when I was a child. Uh, Time now for listeners' emails.
1: And you don't need to wear short trousers if you want to send us an email. No, we, we you, sure? you can wear whatever you like, quite frankly. to see it. Like? Are we? We're not going to see it. Pick your own um, strawberries. Absolutely. And if you <laughs> want to, you can send it to podcast at bigfinish.com. Well, Jacob Keith has uh, got the email in first. Question for the Big Finish podcast. OK, you've written to the right place, Jacob. Hi there, Nick and Benji. I'm a big fan of the podcast and excellent. Big Finish at Large. Oh, that'd be uh, a good title for a sitcom, wouldn't it? Big, big Finish, Finish at Large. At <laughs> I love that we both went for the trumpet. Uh, <laughs> excellent. The mouth trumpet. Uh, yes, Jacob says he's the resident community nutcase. Uh, well, everyone's a foot and Um, (laughs) nutcase. I really enjoyed The Annihilators and I'm excited to see not only where the third Doctor Adventure range goes but the direction you all take with Beyond War Games. Uh, Beyond being a general fan of Big Finish, I am what has been described as a timeline nutcase. Everyone's a timeline nutcase. I uh, unironically uh, used charting out timeline Timelines for big finish stories to prepare for my LS, ATS, long Sats. situation and <laughs> trifles. Um, <laughs> aggressively unfund law school entrance exams, right. LSATs. LSATs, not to be confused with L cars from. Um, star trek um i had a behind the scenes question that's just a bit uh, in the weeds so back in 2015 we were introduced to rufus hound's wonderful interpretation of the monk yes. in the black hole Yes. Um, he's since become a mainstay in the big finish universe with his run in missy series 2 and series 3 being among my favorite stories But I've noticed a very big shift between 2016 and 2017. 12 months at least. Well quite. At first the stories reference his televised stories as being very recent to him, with his TARDIS suffering the consequences from Masterplan and what not. Yes, I remember the whatnot. Come 2017, however, starting in Doom Coalition 4, the stories seem to course-correct to place him after the events of To The Death. I personally think this was a great move, but I was wondering if there was a behind-the-scenes reason for that change. I was always curious if it was motivated by actor availability, a concern of continuity, or just generally enjoying working with Rufus Hound. Thank you so much for all the stories, Jacob. That's a really interesting one. Um, I don't think
0: there was any particular conscious course correction. I mean, are you talking about casting Rufus Hound instead of uh, Graham Garden? And that was to do with actor availability, that for personal reasons, Graham Garden was no longer available to work. Um, I've had a conversation not with him, but with someone he knows and having a message relay that, you know, he he would be quite keen at coming back at some point, Not just not yet. So, I mean, you know, the different incarnations of the monk, as there are different incarnations of the doxo so it would be absolutely fabulous to work with Graham Garden again. It's brilliant working with Rufus Hound too. It's two really different interpretations of the part, but still somehow both of them getting to the core of it, really. I'm not sure who cast Rufus Hound. I know Barnaby Edwards cast uh, Graham Garden. Um, for those of you who don't know who Graham is, he's uh, uh, famous in Britain for being part of that whole sort of... Uh, Oxbridge explosion of comedy in the 60s, and and worked with all the the great satirists, and you know ended up being famous in the mainstream for being in a series called *The Goodies*, which uh, John Cleese famously derided as a kids show. Actually, on <laughs> *The Goodies*, <laughs> kids show. Uh, anyway, a sort of madcap Python-esque humour with a broader appeal, I'd say. Anyway, um, so I hope some of that might vaguely answer. I mean, the thing is, Jacob, that I am not uh, a timeline nutcase, as you might gather, which, you know, I think some people might find infuriating, but I think one has to be a bit freer with it and then leave it to other people to have the fun of working it all out. (laughs) Controversial? I think so. Next up, uh, this is from May, um, not the month, the person. And the question is Shalka Doctor. Hello, Nick and Benji. I absolutely love the podcast. There's so many great releases coming out this year. And after the recent announcement of more Unbound content, I was curious as to if there has been any idea Is suggested for a continuation of the the universe seen in the animated story scream of the shalker is there any chance of ever getting richard e grant sophie okonedu and sir derek jacobi in for more audios continuing that universe i only ask as i absolutely adore richard's ninth doctor or the shalker doctor as he is nicknamed by the fans thank you may well the thing is may A few podcasts back, do you remember I said that when someone wrote in and said, you know, I was interested in the Annihilators and then you revealed the second Doctor was in it and now I don't want it because I don't like the second Doctor. And I said, look, I try to have a sort of as broad a church, as it were, uh, opinion on Doctor Who as possible. You know, lots of people like things I don't like and don't like things that I love. I mean, it was a particularly nasty review of... um, Uh, the Revenge of the Cybermen in Doctor Who magazine recently which was, it didn't criticise my performance as the audiobook reader but it really criticised A, the novel and the TV series which really upset me because I love (laughs) Revenge of the Cybermen but you know, it's it's when people speak like they're talking about received wisdom that obviously this is a rubbish story so it's a difficult one because you're obviously very fond of Richard E. Grant's performance I think it's fairly certain that he would never return to the role but that said, I mean, you know, if the opportunity arose, we'd have to assess how many people were interested in it. I mean, in in the diametric opposite of how I love Patrick Troughton, this is not a, an area of the show's history which has <laughs> inspired great affection in me. Let's put it that way. But you know, they're all great actors all three of those people i mean really great actors all having done amazing work in all sorts of things so yeah interesting and of course sophie okonedo is in um uh, death on the nile as well mm-hmm. took me ages to recognize her actually because she's doing such a different kind of performance incredible actor um, but there's no immediate chance of that but like i say with all these things in my rather long-winded tedious fashion may um, I'd never say never about any of it, actually.
1: Good answer. Good answer. Uh, th- thank you, Benji. we got one here from Zane, last one of the day. Oh, Listeners um, yes. email questions from Chicago. Uh, greetings from America. Been oh. with Big Finish since Red Dawn Yay. so many years and releases ago. Yeah. As a general rave with Big Finish, have come to appreciate Colin Baker's Doctor so much more. Nice. A few questions. Okay what is the status on digital copies of the rest of bernice Summerfield releases you um, answer these as we go nick well yes really um
0: okay uh i thought they were all available but clearly they're not so i thought that had been sorted out well they're still working at contacting all the various people to get the contractual releases if they're not all released by now i really thought they had been didn't you i, l- I looked up the first few and they're all available maybe there's some
1: gaps sorry about that okay next question Uh, Any thoughts on when is the best time to buy a release? First week it's announced, first week it's released. If the listeners want to support it, does the timing of when it's bought matter? Wait two years until there's a sale, maybe?
0: No, I mean, obviously, the longer you leave it, the less helpful that is to us. Mm. I mean, it's quite nice that when it goes up up for pre-order, it's at a, a slightly cheaper price, so that's quite nice. And it's also good for us to have the funds come in at that point because it helps so to pay create for more the production. Stuff. So yeah, I mean if you really want it's I think, you know, the way the consumer and you are a consumer, Zane the way you behave should be absolutely up to you and I wouldn't want to dictate to you how you spent your money and when you spent your money but since you're asking, yeah if you get it as a pre-order, that's really helpful to us. And it's really encouraging. It encourages everyone who's worked on it. It encourages the whole team. You know, we can say, well, the pre orders is looking really good. Oh, it's good. People are really enthusiastic about it. And also, Benji's sort of going round and round in his <laughs> chair in a very strange way. I don't know what's sorry, going on. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> It's very amusing. Um, and also, there's a little thing on the website where you can like the product as well. So when you pre-order it, click that so you can see how many thumbs up the The story gets which which will encourage other people to buy it i think if you see a lot of people like something you think oh maybe that is good it's you know worth uh so all those things are good right okay
1: next question last question here uh any update on the release rights to the tomorrow people Um, i have the cds but would love to see the abandoned next season finally done oh so would we there's no
0: news we keep trying but you know it's a bit of a closed door i'm afraid but fingers crossed that something one day can be worked out with Fremantle media that'd be nice wouldn't it
1: Demographic questions. Good lord, I never thought I'd see that in an email to the podcast. Demographic questions. Demographic questions. Now listen, everybody. Um, (laughs) Any general comments on the demographic of listeners? Often, time, the long-term success depends on bringing in new and younger listeners. I know that there was an attempt with Highlander and Stargate to reach new listeners. (laughs) Uh, Any other movements afoot to attempt to reach younger listeners again? Uh, Any general... General comments on the breakdown oh it's a whole other thing as well um I'll, I'll, now I'll bundle that in as well any general comments on the breakdown of home country of listeners stay safe and be well zane
0: uh it's interesting you should ask that zane because we we did do a, a survey back in i think it's something like 2014 uh and it but so much has changed since 2014 and i was looking at the results of it and i thought i bet things have really changed we were And and the kind of questions we asked in the survey showed that we were preoccupied with all sorts of things we don't think about today and all sorts of things left out of the survey that are really important to us today. Uh, The main reason I can't go into detail is because I can't remember. (laughs) Mm. But um, there was definitely a skew to our listenership being older. You know, being sort of 40 and above, but I know in the past few years we've seen so many more young people coming to it, young Doctor Who fans. You know, I've met them, I've seen their comments, you see their comments on Twitter and you think, well, these people are of a very different generation to me and have a very different appreciation of Doctor Who, you know. It was interesting, I saw a review of the, the Annihilators where it was very complimentary, it was in Doctor Who magazine, so thank you very much for that. Um, but there, there was a comment saying something about the, the Grestronor creatures in the spaceship, that, oh, they had big wobbly voices and, all. Oh, it was a bit comic strip, and I thought... Have, you have seen Doctor Who, haven't you? Because <laughs> because Doctor Who is largely about strange alien creatures with big, wobbly, wobbly voices, and certainly in Season 7 it was. You know, Definitely. So it, it just seemed odd to make a criticism of it. And I think that younger uh, viewers and listeners tend to want Doctor Who to sort of be more like a contemporary programme, more sort of realistic, more like, oh, yeah, that could happen kind of thing. And it's interesting that you realise in the different generations people have very different views but so I think it may have may have changed also uh, the uh, original survey back in 2014 15 whenever it was definitely showed that the bulk of listeners were in the UK and I don't think that will have changed the next in line was America and I think third in line was Australia and then it sort of went down to various very very low percentages after that so I don't think that trend will have changed, but I think there will be more people in America and Australia listening than were back in 2014. But that's just my gut feeling. Um, huh? um, and we're one of the ways we're trying to engage younger people is to have, you know, younger people doing important jobs at Big Finish. You know, we've got several uh, producers who are in their 20s now, uh, so um, hopefully they can bring something fresh to it. I mean I I wouldn't like to rule out the fact that just because I'm 60 I can't bring a fresh pers- perspect- I can't say perspective perspective to a story, you know, cuz one would hope that the more experience one has that you have you know what I mean? You're more adept with ideas. You've learnt more. You can bring more to the table. Maybe just as much as
1: new people can
0: bring new ideas to the table. I would say. I
1: think everybody's got something to give. That's that's the yeah. way that I look. Is that everybody's perspectives and ideas of things are different. And I think you know, speaking as somebody that's 30 years old, I've I've got a weird perspective of my own, which is I love older television and yes. I love newer television as well. And so there'll be people younger than me that like older tv that i like and there'll be people younger than me that like you know more contemporary tv than me just in the other way around as well there'll be people older than me that like more modern things so the, the point is 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 everybody's got something that they like and, and their own way of doing things and so i think you know bringing in different people with different perspectives is great and keeping people who have got perspectives you know not you know that that want to do certain things and do things their way is great as well and i agree nick you know um it's not it's about what you bring to the table isn't it yeah really? yeah you, and i think 100%.
0: you learn when you when you have new people come in you learn from their ideas you know you don't you don't bring them in just to tell them what to do you say what well, what do you think how how do you think this work and you give them as much independence uh autonomy as you can to work on stuff you know
1: and and the other way around as well. Young people can talk to people who have been working for a while, you know, for a long time, doing these things, have great experience in that, and can say, "So how about this? What's the best way to do this?" And and it's about that knowledge. That's the wonderful thing about big finishes. There there is a huge uh, variety of different people, of different ages, different different perspectives mm. which I, I really like actually because i find it really interesting it's great when you meet with people that like we've got big finish day coming up it's great when you meet with people uh, and, and that and everybody has different things they love about doctor who and i think that's just fa- it fascinates me really fascinates me
0: yeah me too and with regard to bringing in new listeners and, and maybe younger Listeners, I'm always pushing for Big Finish to do, we do several other things apart from Doctor Who, as, as, as I'm sure you know, and I'm always pushing for us to to find new things to do, and I've got several new and exciting projects projects underway now, even though I was finding it difficult to say uh, the word project. 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 <laughs> pro- project, I think I was pro- saying. Pro- 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 That's easy for you to say, Nick. <laughs> Was that it? Stay safe and be well, said Zane. I've, I've already read that out, you read? already
1: read that out, yeah. It I'm so long, read it again. so long ago. Stay safe and, and be well, Zane. Stay
0: safe and be well, Zane, I've read it now.
1: Safe stay, stay. and well be.
0: Zane safe and... <laughs> shut up. Uh, that, that That's not you, Zane, I'm telling me to shut up. Shut and up. I, and I'm sure that everyone listening to this podcast <laughs> is screaming that now. That's a sort of Greek chorus, Yeah. <laughs>
1: agorist if you will
0: um that you'll be probably quite relieved to hear is is it for the emails this week
1: was that it that's
0: it it i don't know what it is but it is it
1: it is it as opposed to that well the random voice electron has been switched on actually it's warming up over in the corner over there A little bit of steam's coming out. It's good steam, not bad steam. that we stand standing by to deliver a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Nick's calm, aren't you, Nick?
0: Hold on. Yes, this is what's going on in my head. But before that, it's time for Also Available we return to the fourth Doctor Solo box set and the Ravencliff Witch. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs and I have been directing the Ravencliff Witch.
2: And I remember her eyes. They were as black as the night and it was as if she was trying to tell me something but her words, they were lost. And then...
8: And then... Ah!
0: Originally, it had a different title. And I can't remember what the title was about, but I said, what you've got to do is rename the town it's in, and then you can call it the whatever witch, and that will sound spooky and interesting. So that is what David Llewellyn did. And uh, so, yeah, this story is a kind of earth-based spooky story that's actually all about technology and time travel so it's that nice fusion of something that feels like it's supernatural but actually it's a science fiction story and i think it fits the bill really well it's really nice to have four episodes to develop characters you have the little relationship thing about uh, silas and his daughter not getting on and also the whole thing about uh, gordon miles just being a bit bonkers and uh, it's quite different in that these things aren't essentially tied into the core of the story. They're little peripheral character things that give it a sort of feel of realism about it. Tom Baker at
3: bit Finish, The Ravencliff Witch. You came by boat. Mm, in a manner of speaking, yes. Temporal disturbances, electromagnetic fluctuations. The power station. I beg your pardon.
2: Ravencliff Power Station. If you ask me, you'll find an explanation in there.
3: Ah. It is spooky. Uh, but lovely characters and a coastline and water in the sea. And lovely actors here, yes. And, and full of marvellous science fantasy as well. But, oh, it's been absolutely glorious two days, yes. And people saying quite simple things that are kind of country people in it who say very simple things, often quite clichéd things, which the actors, of course, are so good. Just because a thing is sentimental doesn't mean it's not real. But if it's said in a sentimental way, uh, it sometimes cloys and you think, oh, don't. But when it's said from the heart, what is a cliché can be heartbreaking. Marvellous.
2: My name is Nerys Hughes and I play Margaret Hopwood. What do you want? This is private property, you know then these sculptures are yours. That's right. And you are? Margaret Hopwood.
3: THE, the Margaret Hopwood? Yes. Oh, of course. You know, I saw one of your pieces, Corinthian form, at the Brack Collection, 27th century, I think it was, or was it the 28th? Margaret is a sculptor,
2: and I think it says in the text that she's a Barbara Hepworth type. I might be wrong, but that was the hint. And I tried to get a forthrightness to her, a sort of gruff forthrightness, but showing that she's vulnerable underneath, which is always interesting to play because you've got nuances instead of just, you know, doing a caricature, really. Mm -hmm. And I suppose despite herself, she gets involved because she absolutely hates the fact that she's near a nuclear plant and she's been trying for ages to try and stop it and then all
3: hell breaks loose Nerys is marvellous, Nerys of course comes from my past because she was, uh, of course I'm older than Nerys but I remember her when she was just setting out when she was only a teenager and she's so amusing and uh, she has got so lovely stories about you know, the midwife and the district nurse and all those things she did but she loves doing this fantastical stuff really good
2: i started off my career on the bbc rep because i won this prize and it was a six-month contract with a bbc rep carlton hobbs yes i got it from drama school and i was going to be a teacher because i did a course that was teaching as well i thought well i'll just do this six months and then and then they asked me to do stay a bit longer and i was there about a year or 18 months and then My boyfriend at the time was doing an audition for the Royal Court Theatre, and so I thought, oh, I'll just do that, and then I'll go. I mean, I got into the company as well, and I'll go back. But what happened was that, again, like Doctor Who weaving in and out, radio and audio and voiceovers has woven It's just woven its way through my life because starting off in radio, I suppose that's what started it. But Mm -hmm. I do a lot of um, voiceovers for documentaries and a lot in Wales, actually. And um, I suppose it started then. And as I get older and older, it's more and more necessary because all the lines and bags I don't like seeing on the television anymore.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That was a thing. Nerys is one of those small group of people who absolutely compels affection. Mm. You don't, you don't have, People just adore Nerys, don't they? That's why we say gooey things. We say, who's in it? Nerys. Oh, good, good, good. And so we love her. She always sits next to me and uh, says nice things. Just go
0: to bigfinish.com and type solo, S-O-L-O, into the search pane at the top for this fourth
1: doctor goodness. Goodness. And if you like the sound of the Ravencliffe Witch from that preview, don't forget that we're just yes. minutes away from our 15-minute drama tease oh. of that very, very spooky adventure. But before that.
0: It's the Randomoid Selectatron, offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected big finish release. What is it?
1: Cyberman 2.
0: Cyberman 2, the series.
1: Yes, the series indeed, written by James Swallow, starring Mark McDonnell and Hannah Smith. And if I'm not mistaken, probably yourself. Yes, it is. And <laughs> Barnaby Edwards as Paul Hunt. Yeah. Joe Castleton as Hazel Tran. Uh, Ian Brooker as Yan, Toby Haydoke. Yeah. Uh, Ian Hallard. Yeah. Lots of people, but of course it's... That's a big old release, isn't it? It is. Here's the trailer.
4: Global stability across Earth has returned. The confusion and unrest following the abortive reprisal mission sent against the android menace in the Orion Zone has had far reaching effects.
0: Point
7: six
1: five h 2 Midlands Collab. Yeah, yeah, I know the drill. I'm trying to isolate the militant groups, excise them. Give me more time.
7: (laughs) All
4: units converge and neutralize target.
5: I can discredit the rebel underground. We will progress.
4: Earth will be remade as a new Mondask. The cyberists will
0: rise again. We had lots of fun doing this. It's a shame there are none of the photographs on the backstage bit because I remember that... Um, My wife, Steph, who, you know, in a former life was a photographer. She came along to shoot a lot of the pictures for it. And I remember Alex Mallinson. At one point, you know, in that that little bit at the back of the moat in in the little courtyard, there was a sort of concrete bar overhanging everything. Yes. And Steph was really quite heavily pregnant. What year was this?
1: Let's have a look again. 2009.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's when yeah that's interesting so this was released after she'd given birth but clearly when we recorded it yeah in february she would have been um yes a few months pregnant uh that that my maths has failed me now and yeah so she was going to try and get up on this blooming thing to sit up there and take a photograph and i just said
1: no 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 that's not happening (laughs) she was i could imagine i could imagine steph doing that actually. oh yeah she was doing all the
0: things that pregnant women allegedly shouldn't do like i'd find her climbing up uh, ladders and you know fitting light bulbs and things you know really have you read some manual telling you all the way all the things not to do anyway um so i think alex mallinson got up and uh, you know used to do loads of design for us and stuff and a bit of acting too um and he got up and took the photo i think that's right i mean maybe uh someone will write in and say no actually steph did get up there and take the photo and it's such a shame the photo isn't on the site but there you are um there's also cyberman the first series as well that you really want to get into but anyway yes cyberman 2 lovely um listen i'm going to email uh Sue Cowley and uh, let her know that Cyberman 2 is the selected story for the Random Oil Selectatron. Benji, while I'm doing that, I wonder if you could explain how simple, how mind bogglingly simple it is to get hold of the old 5% uh, <laughs> <100% laughs> discount. <laughs> off you go
1: yes it's very simple all you have to do is go to pig
0: pig pig pig, pig, josh
1: all you have to do is go to bigfinish.com once you're on bigfinish.com you've got the menu on the menu go to podcasts on there it will have the podcast in question on there click read more and then it'll have a blurb on the next page that says just click here and enter the code Buck up. That's B-U-C-K-U-P. All capital letters, no spaces, no punctuation, no parties in this nation. Um, all you need to do is enter that in, and you'll get 25% off. It's a pretty great way, to be honest, to just saving a few doubloons it and uh, building up your collection. It, you'd be a, you'd be at a at a fault not doing so.
0: Um, well, that, thanks, Ran. It's another belter. Uh, next week's podcast will be the usual thrill-packed fun ride with all your favourite regular features, listeners' emails, the Randomoid Selectortron, of course, and the award-winning The Good Re- Review Guide. I can't Review, say, it. b- and it's also b- a lie; b- 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 it hasn't won any awards um, because we haven't submitted it for any. No. Uh, we'll also be—that's the only reason why, obviously,
1: it would have done though. <laughs> do- Everyone, every,
0: every we'll also be covering the latest reviews of the week. What with? Uh, I don't know Cloth
1: Cloth Tea towel
0: Yes With a a very delicate tea towel To find out more
1: Be sure to check out Your podcast app Next Sunday Just time now To thank you all Once again For listening And continuing To support Our audio endeavours Please Whatever you do Don't forget to rate review subscribe and pass the word around about big finish because miss. big finish nick what is for the love of stories
0: time now for doctor who solo the ravencliff witch starring tom baker <laughs>
6: is vic harris maintenance ravencliffe power station the date is november the third time is two thirty pm we have a minor leakage in section d5 looks like it's the elbow joint in one of the water supplies three quarter inch nothing too urgent but it uh, needs replacing um down there? Hello? You do know this section is out of bounds? Hello? Come on, pal, stop mucking about. Okay. I'm hearing some some weird noises down here. I don't know if they're being picked up on the tape. And there's a light. The far end of the tunnel. Oi, mate! I don't know what you think you're up to, but unless you've got a flipping good reason to be down here, you. No. Oh, that's. that's not possible. No. <coughs>
3: Where next, Doctor? The moon of Calabresis 9? Or perhaps the Palazzo Medici during the reign of Cosimo I? Or shall we try potluck? If I were you, Doctor, I should stop talking to myself. Really? Why is that, Doctor? Well, people must start talking, Doctor. But, Doctor, people never stop talking. Anyway, I've enjoyed our little chat. Must get on. Bye bye. Uh, Now, that sounds unfortunate. Hmm. Atmospheric detectors? No. Exterior monitors? No. Geological analysis? No. All gone. We could be anywhere, old girl. Heart of a dwarf star. Bowels of a volcano. The depths of an abyss. Hmm. Dare you step outside, Doctor? You could find yourself up to your eyebrows in white-hot magma. But then, if you don't... You could be trapped here, wherever here is, and forever. only one thing for it. Ah, that's a relief. 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, and a smattering of argon, and oh, a pinch of carbon dioxide. Earth! But where on Earth? And what are these natural formations? Totems? No. Sculptures? Ah. Remember what I said about talking to yourself, Doctor? Well, Doctor, it's the Only way we can guarantee an intelligent conversation. Good point. Ah. A house. Late 18th century. Windows look early 20th. Seagull droppings on the window ledge suggest we're near the coast. What say we search this house, Doctor? And if no one's at home, we'll head for that lighthouse. Splendid idea, though. After you. No, no, no. After you. I'm serious. Oh, <laughs> very well. Thank you. Have a nice day. Mm, looking North or northeast, veering
0: southeast four or five, occasionally six later, Shush. becoming variable oh. three at
7: times. Shush, Showers buster, just let me listen to this first, and then we'll go walkies, how does that sound? Thames, Dover. Shush, this is us. North, backing south
0: later, five, increasing six at times, becoming variable three for a time. Showers, rain later, occasionally poor later. White, Portsmouth, Plymouth, Biscay. Oh.
7: Didn't say nothing about this fog now, did they? Strange. I not seem to like it. All right, all right. Come on, then.
3: Anyone home? Another sculpture. Style very familiar. An artist, then. One teacup next to the basin, one plate on the dish rack. Hmm. Our artist lives alone. Hello? No. Oh, no, 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 no. That can't be right. You're going, old girl? Huh? Where do you think you're going? Not planning on leaving without me, I hope. Well, all systems up and running again, I see, old girl, but I wonder what made you want to leave me in such a hurry. Hmm.
7: I said, wait there, boy. What is it? Oh, must be seeing things. Buster, come here. Come here, boy. Buster? Buster. Oh. What is it, boy? What have you found? Oh. Must have washed up this morning. Afternoon, Silas. Oh! Boy, you didn't have me a fright there. <laughs> Afternoon, Miss Otwood.
2: Oh, what have we here? Are they dolphins or porpoises? I can never tell.
7: Dolphins, I think. Mum, Dad, and a little one by the looks of it.
2: That is awfully sad.
7: Second time this month.
2: Yes. It's happened a few times now, hasn't it? Since they opened that power station.
7: That it has.
2: Are you all right, Silas? You seem a little vexed.
7: Oh, it's nothing. I just... But um... how long have you been out walking? Oh, about half an
2: hour, I suppose. I'm just about to start on a new sculpture. I was looking for driftwood. Anyway, you were saying? Well,
7: you'll think I'm losing my marbles, but I thought I saw something. A little way down the beach. Couldn't make it out because of the mist, but... Well, I don't
2: know. You're doing everything you can not to say it was her, aren't
7: you? Listen, Miss Hopwood...
2: Silas, we've all seen her at some point. There's no use in denying it. I
7: know, I know. But but when folks see her, you know what that usually means. With my Amanda working in that place and me and her, well...
2: I think still a little frosty between you.
7: Honestly, that girl, she just won't listen to sense.
2: Sense? We're the ones talking about ghosts. (laughs)
7: That we are, (laughs) Miss Hopwood.
2: We can only hope it meant nothing this time. Goodbye, Silas.
7: Goodbye, Miss Hopwood.
2: Amanda! Hello, Miss Hopwood. Are you waiting for me? Yes. Well, there's a coincidence. I've only just seen your father. Really? We've had another family of dolphins wash up on the beach. Second time that's happened this month. Hmm. Anyway, to what do I owe the pleasure? Well, Miss Hopwood. I suppose you've been sent here by that odious boss of yours. Yes. You see, after your last meeting. I'd hardly describe it as a meeting. More like a confrontation. But Mr Miles thought perhaps that... Because you've known me since you were this high, you might persuade me to change my mind, get me to sell up and move out so he can proceed unfettered with his expansion programme. Something like that. Amanda, I have lived at Ravencliffe since I was four years old and I will leave this place when I am in my coffin and no sooner. Is that understood? Yes, Miss Hopwood. But if I may say, he... Did say he's willing to increase his offer. I don't care. To put it bluntly, Mr. Miles knows where he can stick his offer. That power station is a blight on this landscape. No wonder you and your father are <sighs> I'm sorry. That's none of my business. But dolphins beaching themselves. And there have been more sightings, you know. Sightings? Of her. Oh, come off it, Miss Hopwood. That's just a story made up to scare the kids. Then every resident of Ravencliff must be in the habit of seeing stories with our own eyes. Now, if you don't mind, I have work to do. Yes, Miss Hopwood. Good day, Amanda. ba da ba La 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 la. What on earth? Hello, you there? Hello. Oh, hello. What the devil are you doing in my garden? If you're from that blasted power station. Me? No, not at all. And who are you? I'm the doctor. I didn't call for a doctor. There's nothing wrong with me. Well, I can see that. But what do you want?
3: This is private property, you know. Then these sculptures are yours. That's right. And you are? Margaret Hopwood. The the Margaret Hopwood? Yes. Of course. You know, I saw one of your pieces, Corinthian form, at the Braxia Collection, 27th century, I think it was, or was it the 28th?
2: What are you doing here?
3: Carrying out a small scientific investigation.
2: Ah, is this about the dolphins? Dolphins. Another three of them washed up on the beach only this morning. I see. Something is playing havoc with the local wildlife.
3: Yes, that makes sense.
2: Well, I'm glad somebody can make sense of it, but what makes you say that?
3: My ship. It tried leaving without me. You came by boat? Mm, In a manner of speaking, yes. Temporal disturbances, electromagnetic fluctuations. The power station. I beg your pardon.
2: Ravencliff Power Station. If you ask me, you'll find an explanation in there.
3: Ah. Okay, Um, I'm
6: hearing some some weird noises down here. Uh, I don't know if they're being picked up on the tape. And there's a light.
7: That's where it ends.
6: And this was found where, exactly?
2: Section D5, directly beneath the reactor.
6: We should notify
0: the police. The man's been missing barely two hours, and you want to call the police? This is the second time this has happened in the last month. First, Michael Harper from security, now Vic Harris. Both young men, with nothing tying them down here at Ravencliffe. So what's your explanation, that they just ran off and joined the circus?
2: John has a point. They found Vic's tape recorder just lying there, and no sign of him. No one saw him leave. And you heard what he said about that strange light. That could have been anything.
0: He wouldn't have been the first person to see something
6: strange down there. Oh, good grief, John. I I hope you're not talking about that ridiculous ghost story. You know as well as I do, that's just something the yokels round here spread about to scare the staff. They've wanted to sabotage this operation from day one. Come in. Uh,
8: Sorry to interrupt, Mr Miles. Miss
6: Keens, did you speak with Miss Hopwood? Yes, sir. And?
8: I'm afraid I couldn't persuade her, sir. Sorry.
6: That woman will be the death of me. Who's this? Margaret Hopwood. You must have heard of a god-awful modern artist. Lives in one of those cottages overlooking the beach. Precisely in the path of phase two. She's a stubborn old goat, I'll give her that. Thank you, Miss Keens.
8: Uh, Mr Miles.
0: What were we saying? Two members of personnel disappearing without a trace.
2: Well, not quite without a trace there are those shadows etched into the walls.
0: And if that isn't a cause for
6: concern... What are we suggesting exactly? That they were vaporised? Ask Dr Banks. Celia?
2: (laughs) That seems highly unlikely. However, I would like to carry out some tests.
6: Tests? For what, in my opinion, will turn out to be nothing more than ordinary stains? Celia, your job is to monitor Novium's rate of decay. We're doing pioneering work here, remember? Exactly.
2: This is uncharted territory. If there's anything unusual about Novium, we should know about it before... Before what? Before it's too late.
3: Are these more of your sculptures?
2: Those? (laughs) No, No, they're sound mirrors. They're what we had between the wars to listen out for enemy aircraft.
3: Uh, Of course.
2: Then I do think they're rather beautiful in their own way.